Hello beautiful people and welcome back to your third episode of Lotus Podcast. Um, This episode is called Client versus Therapist and I just want to say thank you so much for everybody who has supported the podcast, who has shared, who has liked, who have commented. I really appreciate it. Keep it going, keep sharing, keep liking. Um, Thank you so, so, so much. And for those of you who don't follow us on Instagram, then head over to Lotus Podcast underscore, that's L-O- T-U-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T underscore. Um, for those of you that also don't know, I am Letitia Jeffers, um, but you guys can call me Tish. I'm a qualified drama therapist, and you're listening to Lotus Podcast, which is about transparency, mental health discussions, and, of course, inspiring stories. And um, Before we get into it, I want to introduce a new segment called Words of Affirmation. Um, this segment is a segment that I'm introducing... Um, as a trial so far and these are just it's basically what it says it is words of affirmation they can even be for the podcast myself um for somebody that you know and love it can be for a stranger it could be words of encouragement um but i'm going to give you the words of affirmation that i got this week and i'm going to keep obviously keep the names anonymous but it says i know you'll smash this thing i've always known you have a way with people that disarms them and allows them to trust you and this really just warmed my heart. Um, it's from a close friend of mine and you know who you are. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for sending that in. It just helps me to keep on going, to keep on working hard because it's, a lot of hard work goes into this. Um, it's not just me turning on the recording and just doing it. And um, There's a lot of research, there's a lot of um, cutting down. <laughs> um, so I just really appreciate the support and it means the world. So um, if you want to get involved with Words of Affirmation next week, then um, I'll do a post on the Instagram stories and I'll just ask for your words there. So thank you again. You know you who you are. I really do appreciate it. Um, okay, so this week's episode is called Client versus Therapist. And it's less of the ver- the verses, but it's more of viewpoints Um similar and different viewpoints as I've been both a therapist and both a client so I thought I'd I'd give you those initial viewpoints and between the two so let's start off with client actually before that what I think I'll do is I'll give you a, a brief example or a brief explanation of the different roles between a client and a therapist so we'll start off with the client um a client is somebody who comes to a therapeutic intervention and they can either be self-referred or referred by an outside agency but they'll know when they've been referred and they won't be kept in the dark and they're somebody who is coming to see a therapist um to either work through some issues they have or to gain new skills or to just explore certain behaviours um, that they want to explore with a therapist. And the therapist is a facilitator. So a therapist is a qualified registered um, professional, a mental health professional who wants to aid um, the therapeutic intervention. They are somebody who guides them through the process, guides the client through the process of therapeutic intervention. Um, and I think of it like this. Do you know when you see a child crossing the road um, 
it's not to sound condescending i'm just giving this as an example when you see a child crossing the road and they're sort of learning how to cross the road um the parent or the carer will ask them what do you need to do first you need to look both ways look left and right before you step out into the road and maybe a parent will be holding their hand or they'll have a rein but that child will cross them cross that road um with their own legs or with their own means and that's basically what a therapist does. A therapist guides, um, a therapist holds your hands, metaphorically, of course, and just guides you through the process of a therapeutic intervention. Okay, so I hope I've explained that well. And people might have different explanations of the two different roles, and that's okay. Everybody has their own opinion, but those are mine um, as plainly as I can kind of give you an example of okay so first of all i'm going to go down the client side and i've got three points for each and then i've got similar viewpoints as well and i'm going to go through so first of all the client when i was going into my initially going into my um therapeutic event intervention as a client um i wanted to make sure that i was actually heard i wanted to make sure that my therapist knew that i had quite a lot to say and that there were things i really wanted to get um to, to be helped to explore but I wanted to make sure that initially like I said my therapist heard me now I and the way I kind of judged this was just how she, how she interacted with me how she kind of bounced off of me um is she really listening is she just glossing over that kind of thing um and the next point is information. Now, if you know me, you know that I am an over-planner, over-thinker. I ask a million and one questions. Um, I like to know what I'm getting into before I get into it. Um, and as I knew that, because to have my... For my therapy was basically a requirement of my course that I was on to become a drama therapist. And so I knew that um, I'd potentially be with this therapist for a long time, like two years or at least a year. And so I just wanted to make sure that I had as much information as possible, that I knew what I was getting into. I'd never had therapy before and I had a lot of reservations um, about entering into personal therapy myself because I was, you know, I was fearful. I, I didn't want to be vulnerable. I didn't want to let somebody in. Um, and I think that's also a cultural thing for me. You know, I'm African-Caribbean and um, a lot of Caribbean households and African households have this whole thing of what happens in the house stays in the house. You know, don't go out there and tell everybody your business, blah, blah. Um, so I had that kind of, that a little bit of that mentality. But as I was going into therapy and becoming a therapist myself, I was learning how to unlearn um, these armors that we have put up um, as African Caribbean community. But that's another conversation for a different day. And the third point I've gone into is feeling safe and comfortable. Now, feeling safe I wasn't the words that back then, you know, two years ago, starting my therapeutic intervention that I would have used. That's more of a term, that safe term was more of a term that um, we use as therapists. But feeling comfortable was definitely a term um, that I used because um, I wanted to make sure that, that the person that I was having therapy with made me feel comfortable or a level of comfortability where I could just relax and not feel on edge, not feel like, oh my gosh, what am I doing here every session? Um, Obviously, the first few sessions I was thinking, oh my word, like what what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm not going to lie to you, it was a requirement of the course. And so at first I was just like, I've just got to get this over and done with. But, you know, as time went on, I... um. I slotted into it pretty nicely and made some big disclosures, which I'm very proud of. And, you know, managed to work through 
work through some behaviours and um, just get the best out of therapy that I could really um, to become the best therapist that I could. I'm going to move on to the three points to the therapist now. And some of these um do cross over and do feed into the other. So I've put as my first point for the therapist is to listen. Um, listening, listening is obviously an auditory thing. Um, and we have to listen to what somebody is saying in in, in order to best serve them. But as a, as a therapist, especially a drama therapist, you have to listen to body language. You have to listen to those social cues. You have to listen to what you just can't um. That just that's that what what you just can't hear like you have to listen to what you see as well listen with your eyes and it's really important because it could be something that you know you put a a tab on and that you bring up in a later session if it becomes a pattern um it could be something that tells you um i don't know if somebody if you talk about a certain topic in somebody's life and you're exploring that and somebody all of a sudden um their body language just becomes closed and they just become very tight and and you could use that as a cue to, you know, bring them back, to ground them again, to make them feel comfortable again, to not change the subject, but to allow them, like I said, bring them back to ground them again. So, yeah, listening to what they say, but also listening to their body language and their social cues too. Um, the second point that I put down was to be clear and to make sure you have a lot of clarity. And make sure you explain yourself. You're going to be giving um your client a lot of information so make sure you explain yourself very clearly and concise and if you need to um if you think that maybe they didn't get that or you didn't explain yourself um too well maybe explain again or ask them you know was there a part of it that you didn't understand or did i explain myself well ask them the question be that um transparent and that honest or even ask them if there's, if there's any questions that they have for you um and i'm sure that there will be some questions and some some clients may not even be forthcoming and asking you during the therapeutic intervention or during the initial stages so a good thing to do is if you're working for a company if you're working for i don't know an outside source or even if you're working privately as a therapist um to give them your work number or to give them your work email um emphasis on work just because um you need to keep those professional and personal boundaries um up um which leads on to my next point perfectly actually um boundaries now boundaries are so important um in a therapeutic intervention it just gives um the therapeutic environment that safety it gives it that concise um that concise feel the consistency just um that reassurance that this is how things are meant to go because of this boundary and so I can feel comfortable for both the client and the therapist. And a good way, you know, a, a really like a way that something that all therapists use, I guess, I'm hoping, um, is a contract. And and it may, that may sound a bit like, oh, my gosh, a contract. What is that? And it's just basically obviously some rules, some guidelines um, and just a framework of what you need to follow. Um, in order for this therapeutic intervention to work um, so that you both get the respect that you need and so that you're both as client and therapist that you're both safe and sound and everybody knows what they're doing and everybody knows um, where to refer back to if they're unsure about something. Um, contracts, um, especially in my case, have been um, a saving grace. They have been a grounding point. They have been um, something that I can just go back to and... Um, reiterate for my client 
and it just means that you have this piece of paper or this framework guidelines whatever you want to call it contract um you have this thing that states the when how what all the questions um so yeah it can be a really amazing tool for a therapeutic intervention and a very good tool that you should use um as a therapist so next what i'm going to go on to is the same category um i've obviously got three points for that as well the first point that i've got is a therapeutic alliance um now you want to make sure that your relationship with your client um and your relationship with your therapist is one that is a genuine uh, relationship that is a that has a connection you have a bond um and it's not to say that um when you come outside of the therapeutic space this bond or or this connection overflows or loses those boundaries but it's to say once you're in that therapeutic space you know what it is um you know the limits you know the boundaries you know all these different things that just help a therapeutic intervention thrive as best as it can um when i was a client um the way that i had a kind of connection with my therapist was through humor and which is ironic anyway but it was through through humor and it just allowed um especially for me my walls just to kind of go and it also brought up um something that we that i explored um you know what humor mask me and all that kind of jazz um so that bonding connection was obviously it served therapeutic alliance but it also helped me to understand certain behaviors that i had um which may be which may serve um fruitful in your therapeutic um intervention and the next point is the cost and the commitment now nobody really likes to talk about cost nobody really likes to talk about that because it is a huge commitment um you know, it's it's one of those subjects where it's like, oh, I don't want to talk about money, but it, it's, a, it's a must. You have to talk about money, um, especially, obviously, if you're private. Um, then, you know, it's how, as a therapist, it's how you live, it's how you survive, it's your work. And so, um, make sure you're very um, clear about the cost, the big commitment. Um, you know, changing prices in the middle of a therapeutic intervention is, is kind of ethically wrong, in my opinion um and i think personally i like the whole you pay weekly rather than you pay a big lump sum and then you know something happens where you can't have some of them sessions or whatever or you're having to refund money like paying weekly for me is just the best because it gives the client um that rollover effect but but it also means that if the client needs to cancel or the client says i don't want a session next week that they feel like they have that um that freedom to do so and not that and so they don't feel as if they're tied into this i've paid so i must go kind of mentality and there's not that extra pressure but yeah cost is a big commitment like i said and it's something that um you should talk about with your clients and as a client, you should talk about it with your therapist. You know, I think in the first initial sessions, it should be talked about. And if it's not, then, you know, what's going on sort of thing. And then this, the third and final point is the where and when, how, um, the consistency of it. So again, that fits in with another boundary. As to all of these, really, um, you need to know when you're going to have it. You need to know where you're going to have it, especially if you're private and you don't have your own offices. Um so my therapist doesn't have her own office but she has she went to a place um a room at a place and so i knew where it was going to be and 
I knew what room it was going to be in, I knew when it was going to be, you know, she never um crossed those boundaries or changing a a um a venue last minute or changing the time last minute. Um and, and that's something that I really appreciated it appreciated because it made me trust her more and it made me feel more comfortable in going because I knew what I was doing and I knew that it wouldn't suddenly change I wouldn't have the anxiety of oh my gosh it's going to change what am I going to do if it changes blah 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 you know just all these little things that you that makes the process of having therapy smoother smoother is what you want as a client and as a therapist you know as a therapist you're holding this client and you know I always say that therapy starts way before you guys are in the room it starts from that initial um sorry the process of therapy not actual therapy starts way before you're in the therapeutic space it starts when you when you have that first initial phone call or that first initial referral um so you need to make sure that you're clearing certain obviously mistakes are made and things get get tricky sometimes but you have to work through it you have to start how you need to go on and work through the problems or the conflict as best as you can knowing that you started as best as you can um, yeah so that's it for this week guys um i hope this was really informative and i do this because i really want you guys to especially because a lot of my audience will be on the client side rather than the therapist side i want to make sure that you go into the therapist room feeling um equipped and empowered and um, because it can be so daunting going to your first session and just thinking oh my gosh like why am i here i want to i don't know i want to explore this thing but i don't know if i want to really want to want to and have all these um reservations all these social stigmas attached to therapy i just want you guys to feel empowered and i hope that this episode has done that i hope that it's given you um a bit more of an insight into initial stages of therapy and if you have any more questions feel free to dm me you know if you want to become a um a guest on the podcast dm me as well and don't forget to get involved in the words of affirmation and follow us on instagram that's lotus podcast underscore don't forget to do that um yeah so i hope you enjoy your week guys and don't forget this um podcast is not a substitute for a therapeutic intervention um i'll obviously leave show notes um i'll leave information in the show notes about where you can access therapeutic intervention if you need it if you feel that you need it um but again this is not a substitute for a therapeutic intervention um also just stay blessed guys and I will speak to you next week. Peace and love. It's been Tish.